Hi, and welcome back to Stand Partners for Life. This is episode six, Stand Partner Etiquette for the Ages. I'm Nathan Cole. I'm Akiko Taramoto. And we are pretty tired tonight, huh? Yeah, I don't know what's gotten into our kids lately, but... uh, All three of them. Um, Yeah, I was hoping that somehow we could turn tonight's uh, stand partner etiquette game into some kind of drinking game to recover from (laughs) whatever that was. (laughs) I went along with the idea, so... Okay, so we're doing it. Um, Every time we mention an annoying stand partner trait, we take a shot. Um, no, because no, as you'll see, there are going to be enough tolerance. enough of those. But we did figure that we'd make it into some kind of a game, right? So we're going to borrow from Family Feud and uh, try to guess each other's complaints or positive stand partner traits, too, because we've divided them up. Do's and do not do's. Yeah. You know, there aren't only annoying things you can do. There are good things you can do to contribute to the overall health of the stand. And the orchestra. So you have taken the don'ts, right? That's right. Because being a naturally negative person, I came up with (laughs) the don'ts much more quickly. You probably had to struggle to pare it down to five five main don'ts, right? Yeah. In fact, I came up with a a runner-up. So A runner-up for each of the five or just... Oh, no, no. Okay. A a six. Okay. All right. And I've got the do's. And this is, yeah, this is all hard-won experience so actually yeah before we start guessing family feud style um was there ever a moment when you first joined a professional orchestra which for you was la right your first job yes was there a moment early on where you got a uh, a lesson in stand partner etiquette there was but it gives away one of my don'ts so oh okay so maybe you want to share yours at the end I'll, i'll incorporate it if you hit upon my don't all right, because I also have a story, but yeah, now that you mention it, it's um, it's one of my... Well, no, it's a don't, so I will share the story. Um, when I first joined the Chicago Symphony, I uh, sat down and, yeah, probably a couple minutes into the rehearsal, there was a hard passage, and I saw immediately saw that there was this great fingering that I could use to play it perfectly from then on, and, you know, it was virgin territory there because the whole page was blank, so I figured this will be great. I'll just put in this great fingering here and my stand partner will appreciate it too. And I'm sitting on the inside, so I'm going to write it on the bottom of the staff. And as soon as I started writing, I got this look from him, like what, like I was disrobing on stage or something. It's like, what are you doing? And, um, cause he didn't actually say anything, just kind of made a noise. And I looked over and I said, Oh, is it okay to write it on the bottom? And he just kind of quietly said, we don't mark fingerings here. Um, and I, I said, oh, here, like in in this movement or like, <laughs> on in the stand in the, in the late romantic period. Or, and he said, no, just in this orchestra. And I that blew my mind. Now, that's not every orchestra, but that shows the importance of learning the, the lay of the land wherever you are. So, yeah, in Chicago, no fingerings. So I learned something that day. And then yeah. for the rest of my time there, I had to learn how to play things without any fingerings yeah yeah i mean i wouldn't say that it, it never happened 
Yeah, very, very rarely. Well, I wasn't important enough there to. Yeah, sort of. I think your status as a rookie sort of didn't qualify you for. Yeah, I mean, uh, very first day. Yeah. But hey, it's not like there are worse things I could have done on my first day, and this was handled very quickly. So. Sure. Yeah, you know, and then you, yeah, you took that seriously. So. Yeah. Um, so, All right. Okay. Well, let's so get let's, let's get started. Maybe, I'm still unclear on the exact rules. I'll just follow your instructions. Well, okay. Well, for anybody out there who has not seen Family Feud, right? I feel like we should have the music in here. Yeah, or at least the sound effect, like the dings or something. Right? Oh yeah. Well, I can add the those buzzes. Okay. Cool. <laughs> but the rules are so there are two families, right? And there is a topic. So in our case, the topic would be like top five stand partner don'ts and so if you were one family and i was the other family i'd have to start guessing what uh the studio audience thought the the top five stand partner don'ts would be and every time i guessed one that was up on the board then we'd hear a ding and yeah and I, I know vaguely how it works well but yeah. you know there may be people out there who've never you know, haven't seen every American game show there is. Like I, I spent my childhood watching game shows. So. Okay. All right. Well, let's. <clears throat> All right. I'm gonna get started. Let's get started then. All right. So I'm guessing you were don'ts. So I have to get inside your mind. What does Akiko <laughs> think when she shows up to work? What is? <laughs> um. Okay. I'm gonna say don't point out hard passages in the music. Was that one of your five? <laughs> no. <laughs> Okay, because so you know. specific. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, some you know sometimes that'll happen, right? Well, of you... course. It, I, okay, it's not one of my six, but you know, it's like, sure, that's annoying. Yeah. Okay. That oh, that is annoying. Okay, yeah. I guess I guess you're right. That is a good one that I. And when we were kids, maybe that was actually helpful because kids, oh, you know, sure. we won't actually look through every page, and so if you sat down and your stand partner was like, "Hey, dude, did you look at page thirteen? Check this out." You're like, oh my God, thank you so much. I totally missed that. Hmm. Then maybe it was helpful, but now we're yeah. sort of expected to have looked in at fact, everything. In fact, maybe, yeah, maybe my aversion to that. I feel like, yeah, that did used to happen a lot in, in like youth orchestra or something. And then, yeah, I do I do dislike that a lot. So thank you, Nathan. <laughs> okay, but that was not one of your six. No, okay. it wasn't. Um, but, yeah. Then how about don't be a stand hog. Don't take up more than your share of space on the yes stand. that was all right ding, we need ding, a ding. Ding, ding all right yeah we need the, the sound effect yes that that was although my exact wording was space hog but um i think i divided them to like one and two but that's basically that's one big one so don't so be aware of how much room you're taking up physically just even just how you kind of have your chair and your body oriented some people manage to sit so they really take up like the maximum amount of that's true space like they point their chair one way and their body is they completely pointed the other way and so it's like the two legs are like way far apart like they're starting a sumo match yeah that or you know there's just you know, there's a number of ways that you can subtly eat up just much much more space than you're entitled to um yeah and i and i said don't be a music hog kind of the same thing right okay right um, sort of imagine a Imagine a line coming out of that center fold of the music, dividing yeah. your... And you're kind of planted right on the seam of the music instead of, you know, on your half. Yeah, on your page. No good. Um, if you can't see the music, then maybe you need glasses, that kind of thing. 
Right. Um, you know, not to sit closer, but that does tie into my story. Am I supposed to wait on that? Or? No, no, no. Go ahead and share it now. Well, that was what happened very early on in my first time in the LAFL. I was sitting next to, up on the second stand of the second violin section. She, you know, she had a uh, title or fixed chair, I forget. And um, I was sitting inside to her, of course, and she... I made the mistake of, you know, pulling the music toward me to mark something because it was a little far. She she kind of had to sit close to the music and I, I would try to sort of, you know, I would mark things and I would lean in and uh, possibly mu- pull the music toward me or to even, tr- I think I just turned the stand so I was able to write more clearly and she snapped at me and told me not to touch the stand. Don't touch the stand. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, so that, you know, to this day, I mean, I, it's like kind of the same thing as you. I mean, I remember that and I, don't reorient the stand or the part when I'm writing. That's true. Plus, it that is annoying. It it is so. make some noise too. Yeah, and it's just extra movement, which you know, as we get older and fussier, it starts to bother us more and more. We just want minimal movement, minimal extra noise, whatever going on. You know, I know those of you out there probably listening right now, shaking your heads like these people need to get over it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry, that is one of them. This is how we get over it by talking yes. it out. It's catharsis. Um, okay, so I've only gotten one of your six. Is that right? Yeah, except one and two. That, that I divided those up. So that you covered. Got, you've covered two of them now. Okay. Think, so. All right. All right. Well. Okay. So yeah, one of mine is don't mark tons of fingerings, or don't mark yeah extra fingerings. Yes. Yes. You got you got one of those for me. Yep. All right. Um. And, and now, why and is then, that? Why do we? Well, so the conventional wisdom growing up was that the outside player marks his or her fingerings on the top above the music, and then the inside player marks it on the bottom. Um, Although I never really understood that. Okay. Well, I know. I mean, and then in Chicago, I had to get used to seeing no fingerings at all. Um, But in most orchestras, I think it's a little looser, right? You can mark things that may be necessary or... I don't know. Yeah, I still don't. I, I. It's still a habit of mine not to really mark any. Yeah, I. Those years in Chicago kind of drummed it into me to really leave things as blank as possible, and then you know it becomes like a annoying kind of macho thing, like like oh, I don't need fingerings, you know. Right. <laughs> Until I miss the same I could passage, really use one <laughs> eight times in a row, and then Martin looks over like, <laughs> would yeah, you like there to are put a, a few reminder? Times I should probably relax my uh, my little rule there, but. Well, so since this is yours, uh, yeah, why why not just mark the fingerings in that you want to? It's mine. What do you mean? Well, I mean, this is your don't, so. Oh, this is my do- Okay. Oh, well, um, I think it's important to keep your part as uh, uncluttered as possible. So, you know, it's for anybody, you know, you're playing chamber music, whatever it is. But, of course, if it's chamber music, it's your part. You're used to it. You, you know, you you'll kind of adapt. But I think. You know, you've got a stand partner at orchestra. You don't want to have a whole bunch of extra information on the page. Um, so, you know, not just fingering. So let's say um, a lot of slash marks. You know, Do the minimum slash marks that you can get away with and, and figure out the beat pattern. And Those are to mark where the beats are. Right. So, you know, it's easy and new music especially. And even something like Stravinsky that, you know, probably doesn't need like repeated measures and measures of this of course this, the same if it's the same beat pattern over and over again you know it's it's, it's annoying to see the slash mark because it kind of it obscures the notes to a little bit 
an extent. And then yeah. you just, you know, you just want to keep it sort of, again, with the, you know, you just want to keep visual calm in your, in your part. Yeah. You know, it's considerate. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. There's also a fact that, you know, we, we're not always, some th- things happen and you get moved around to different places occasionally. You different know. stands. Different stands, yeah, especially... In the section, you'll get, you know, someone will be out sick and, you're, and suddenly you're sitting on a different part. Um, and you want to be considerate for somebody like that. And you move on to your your part. You're out. Somebody's playing. You don't want them to have to see all your fingerings all over the part. That's one thing. Um, and again, with the clutter, you don't want them to deal with a bunch of extra info that's not necessary. Um, you know, some people will write in like like wor- a lot of words, a lot of <laughs> softer or, you know. Or even names names right. yeah like look at joe nancy turn here or you know, right like you know i had one a few weeks ago where somebody named i think it was alex it said alex turn exclamation point then again alex and like capital letters alex you know three exclamation points and then another alex vs and it was like sounds like I, alex's mom the, was sitting with him i have a feeling alex was having a hard time remembering to turn the page but um <laughs> maybe yeah, so, that's information that doesn't need to be passed down to future generations yeah you know that that or or you know alex should get his act together and remember to turn <laughs> that page you know um so yeah anyway it's, it's just clutter so um try to minimize that but you know what was my let's see part b of my of my comment here don't leave incorrect beat patterns yeah uh, yeah so another don't um kind of the the flip side of not overmarking your part is uh is taking out things that are no longer relevant no longer correct so you know that happens a lot with uh i keep saying beat pattern stuff but sometimes we'll have something you know penciled into you know it's actually this guy's doing it for whatever uh so you know sometimes you kind of you get used to it and you're like oh well we knew that we know that he's doing this in two and and you forget to take out that uh right or we know he's doing this in four so you you, you got to make sure you erase the no longer relevant information so that yeah again if somebody else is going to be playing off your part they're not like you know oh here we are in two and then you know disaster <laughs> ensues so. God, that's happened to me so many times where yeah I'll, I'll stall i'll put off erasing something because i you know i know it's not right and then we get to the concert and Oh boy! Oops. It's like wait, is and and you have a good um story that goes along with the person who refu- or forgets or, or whatever to to take out such a that's right. This um goes back to Curtis again and that wonderful conducting teacher and orchestra leader Otto Werner Mueller. Um, one of his many stories, yeah, addressed just this issue, and so it's it kind of felt like a biblical parable or something like maybe this didn't really happen but um he made his point anyway yeah talked about something in an opera pit where a brass player you know was notorious for just keeping everything in his head and because he didn't technically share a stand with anybody you know he felt like he didn't have to really mark things so even when the conductor said mark this in four mark this in two whatever changes he just didn't do it because he could remember but got sick for the day of the performance so someone else had to jump in and substitute for him and because there was nothing marked in there that brass part was a disaster and you know as he put it (laughs) after the performance they fired not the player who made all the mistakes but the original player for not (laughs) marking it in his part 
and he said it with such glee like he he just he couldn't wait to see every one of us fired for not marking something so well so that's the core so don't overmark your part but do mm -hmm. mark yep essential information all right well you stole a do but i'll oh i'll sorry. allow it Oops. so i've still no, i've gotten three now yes okay yes that's right well this one either will easily be on your list or not don't wear cologne or perfume oh i didn't put that that is yeah sure yeah right. well okay. we actually have it i think in our contract here in la right I, I said basic hygiene. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> we don't need to get into too much of that. We don't want to get too personal with our okay. colleagues. But, you know, like, you're in close quarters with these people. So, yeah, no no strong colognes and uh, and please brush your teeth. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Wait, well, then, but that wasn't to me, right? That was like a general. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't really sit with you that much despite the title of the podcast. So. Okay. But I do know that you brush your teeth, so. Okay, this is my last sort of guess then that I... Okay. Um, so I'm going to have to try to come up with a couple on the fly. Okay. Uh, don't, don't be a stand saver. Don't try to, don't try to strike out on your own rhythmic wise. And Well, I mean, we could do... That would be a whole other episode. And that may be more just orchestra etiquette. That's more like playing traits. I, I, sort, okay, I, so I shied away from... Because there's so much... Oh, yeah, I agree. I just thought like between the two wise. stand partners... Sure, it's I thought about of... that, but I, I I basically stayed away from the playing stuff because yeah, okay, um, you know people have their playing personalities and um, it's pretty tough yeah. to hard to change a man to alter those. Yeah, yeah. Don't talk during rehearsal. Don't talk excessively. Yeah, sure. That 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 wasn't on my list. I said okay. I will tell you. Number four was not to talk politics or religion with your mm. stand partner. Mm-hmm. Um, I might even say, don't bring up your opinion of the conductor soloist sort of overtly. I don't know. It's, I mean, politics or religion, that's like a basic conversational etiquette thing, right? But I think especially in our case, because, you know, we're trying to find our commonalities when we're making music with people. Yeah. Um, and in fact, our whole job relies on us finding unity with people who are we're with you know playing wise yeah um, absolutely. and i think if you develop kind of a, a mental block about somebody because of something you know pretty personal like that um I this think is sort of this is the politics it. religion type thing yeah, and yeah. i think it's especially important you, you just want to you don't want to be judging the person next to you yeah some people who have been up close you know people who don't play instruments or don't play in an orchestra and they've either sat up close or been able somehow to observe a rehearsal up close, they're often quite surprised at how physically close we are to each other. Yeah. And that makes a big difference. I mean, even just, you know, if you're, if you're at a cubicle and you've got dividers between you, or if you're at a desk six feet away from someone, that's a lot different from two feet. If they've two just feet, yeah, I mean, even told that you that. Like a lot of space, but yeah. Um, yeah, and so it just struck me that, um, well, of course, we don't sit next to as many different people. I mean, you certainly don't. I sit next to to more different people than you do. Um, but I mean, some people, you know, some orchestras don't rotate. Some pe some orchestras have the same people sitting next to each other. Permanent stand partners, true stand time. partners for life. Yeah, and that's ooh, I don't know how that works. I've never been in an orchestra like that. So for me, all these things 
they vary they'll vary from week to week with different people i you know i think that's good i mean I'm, it can be great if you're next to somebody you really like i mean it can also be right bad if you're next to somebody you you know develop a dislike for so um so i don't maybe that's you know we should clear up that particular part of it these things are probably maybe a little bit different if you're because obviously you you will get to know somebody if you're sitting with them week after week year after year you get to know them a number of levels i would imagine yeah actually that and this is slightly going off course because i I think i've probably used up all my guesses you're gonna have to reveal the rest of your don'ts in a second but yeah i when i was in the section in chicago and they're therefore having a lot more stand partners a different one every week yeah, I'd sit down for the first rehearsal of the week uh, thinking, kind of plotting out how the week would be. And it would be quite different depending on who I was with. Certain people really wanted things to be marked extremely neatly. And on those weeks, I would actually put extra effort into making sure I was right on the ball, having the pencil out <laughs> early and, and marking things just so. Um, even you get to know other people's violin playing and a couple of people, I, I would get a complex about shifting as like, you know, because once or twice they'd make a comment about a shift, not mean spirited or anything, but they'd just, maybe it was even, they'd say about a soloist like, Oh, listen to that shift or, Oh, how could they slide like that? And then <laughs> I feel like I know exactly who you're talking about, but, <laughs> and then, you know, the rest of the, the, whenever I'd sit with them, I'd be like, are they listening to that for me? Yeah. I, I, I developed a real complex about, um, I'll just say it because we're good friends, but um, but Paul Phillips, mm-hmm. our former CSO colleague, he, you know, <laughs> I know to this day he's got, a, he's got, he really looks at me playing and wonders why I never figured out how to keep all my fingers down. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> past passages. And he, on several occasions he mentioned it. So yeah, I would develop a complex this time. Sorry, Paul. No, that's so funny. I mean, Paul, I well, we both love sitting with Paul. Um, partly be, I mean, he embodies all the do's and none of the don'ts on on our lists. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was the ultimate. Yeah, he's he's the. Yeah, I mean, he was always out there early. The had everything in hand, and uh, yeah, we we loved sitting with him. But yeah, actually, yeah, I feel like he should be our guest on this podcast. It's like you know. Well, practice Paul, your music, you're... know all your music before, you know, when you get to rehearsal. Um, when you're out here in LA, Paul, you're going to be on Stand Partners for Life. So warm up that speaking voice. I mean, I think half of these came from him, you know, like <laughs> the fingerings. Uh, well, yeah, what are your so... other don'ts then? Because I think I've, I've used up my guesses. Uh, so number three was um, don't talk to, don't try to talk to your stand partner where they're, while they're attempting to warm up or practice. Oh, uh, okay. It's a very irritating one. I, yeah, this I have. I think I have to kind of insist on on this being on, on the general list. It happens a lot. You sit down and someone just starts telling you, to, and you know, of course, you know, you we're humans. It's nice to connect with somebody, on a personal level when you know when you first sit down. But um, sometimes you're just in the middle of trying to get something in your fingers. You've got you know 45 more seconds to do it, and. Uh, Mm-hmm. <laughs> granted probably it's not the most professional thing to be leaving into the last 45 seconds to <laughs> drum this into your fingers but be that as it may you know you may be just trying to put the finishing touches on and, and somebody's trying to tell you you know about some part of their commute that was terrible this morning or you know well yeah this is LA what part of the commute isn't mm. terrible you can definitely talk about that you know maybe a little 
later when someone looks like they're kind of staring off into space and at a loose end, then go ahead and share your story. But I think, I don't know. I think that's for me. No, that's a, that's a great one. And I, yeah. I think I probably am guilty of that. No, you're not. I mean, anybody kind of aware isn't going to just, it's like talking to somebody while they're reading a book, you know? Somebody just looks at someone reading a book and says they're not doing anything and starts talking to them. That's Yeah. You would never do that, so. Yeah, it's just some people have a way of playing or warming up where it, you know, they look very casual sure. about it. Okay, and sure. And so then I I think at times I've been emboldened to just interrupt because it doesn't really look like they're doing anything, but that, yeah. you know, that may be right. the warm up. Right. Okay, so yeah, don't do that anymore. Okay. Uh, and yeah, my, my runner up was, this is a do not practice outside music on stage, on st- like non-orchestra music sitting in your seat on the stage uh yeah, yeah. i do that all the time but i, I do well it you know the thing is now. i mean of course we all do it for sure but i think again this may go along with the status that you've acquired at your job i mean i don't mean to this, this <laughs> sounds awful but it's, you've just started i know this i only mentioned it because i know what happened to you right um you were told that you probably shouldn't be practicing like a mozart well, concertos yeah in um, Chicago, this was when, yeah, when I, again, when I first joined Chicago, I so really sound I th- like a wreck when I first joined well, Chicago. Well, so the thing is, I think by the time you left, I think it would have been fine. But for somehow, like when your first days on the, you know, your first months on the job, it was deemed sort of cheeky or arrogant. Oh, absolutely. Or, and I, I would think so now if I saw someone new. Yeah, I guess so. That sounds awful. You know, it sounds like we're sitting around just waiting to pounce on, on the new people for doing things that's, that we would do or we do. I know and that I yeah maybe we do I don't know well but I think with with all of these and part of the point of all this etiquette too is that all together it's it's a whole package right nobody's gonna hate you if you forget your pencil it's just yeah if you're hogging the stand not brushing your teeth practicing loud concertos and talking during someone's warm-up that's yeah okay and you're a bad stand partner (laughs) (laughs) um yeah and oh (laughs) especially do not practice audition rap for another orchestra okay yeah <laughs> which has you know i mean you know you don't sometimes you're not thinking about it you're like hey i'm taking this audition and right i'm gonna go ahead and or yeah you, you know you're sitting there you're just like <laughs> oh, i'm playing don juan I, i'm just i could just be practicing don juan just for the heck of it you know but other people sitting around you going why is she playing don juan yeah well it's funny between martin and i now who martin being our concert master and my my actual stand partner for life. Um, yeah, he should he should be your podcaster. Oh, he's gonna be. We we just talked about ah. it last week. Actually, he'll he'll be on it. But I'm not I'm not making him my permanent co-host. I think it would be hard to get him here at ten o'clock at night. That's true, mm. on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, no, but between us, I mean, he knows. I know that he's liable to be practicing any solo repertoire under the sun because he probably has a recital. 350 days of the year i think the concert master gets and, a pass oh of course of course and i mean <laughs> it, it so i just i expect i never know what he's going to be practicing day to day because he's always performing something and um yeah like in my case if he sees me practicing don juan he knows it's not because i'm taking some other audition it's because i'm making a video about it or i've just finished teaching a lesson on it and i'm trying some new thing out that i want to explore so he yeah he'll always ask "Ooh, so you know what what new trick have you found in Don Juan? <laughs> like, care to share? <laughs> so. Nathan the trickster. Yeah, that's true. Trickster of Island demigod. <laughs> um.
Ooh, all right, it's my turn, right? Or I mean, your turn to guess my list. So I was responsible for the dues. Oh, so I have to guess your dues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, good, good. All right. Yeah, so... I think I figured this out. All right, um, bring a pencil. Yeah. Okay. That was one of mine. It's, I figured. Yeah, no, I mean, no more complicated than that. And that's been drilled into us since we were kids. It's funny yeah. because I think over the years you get a little lax about it. You're like, ah, somebody's got a pencil. But then, you know, it's, <laughs> it, it's it looks very unprofessional when you both forget your pencil. So, you know. Yeah, and uh, disclosure, this actually happened to me this very past week, right? Where I yeah. actually had to get up and leave rehearsal because I didn't bring yeah. a pencil. Yeah. And especially as the second chair, it's really my responsibility to make sure that we have one on that stand. Yeah. It's and just, it's funny. It seems like, it's like such a, it seems like such a dumb thing to mention, but it's just, you know, it is just basic etiquette that you kind of have to. Yeah. Cause then actually someone asked me at the break, they were like, Hey, so Nate, are you okay? I mean, I, I saw you get up and leave the stage and I was like, wait, well, yeah, I'm fine. What? Oh, right. Cause I didn't have my pencil. Yeah. And so the fact that I had to answer that question and that someone else was thinking that maybe I had dysentery or something, <laughs> you want to avoid well, that. Yeah. If somehow the time that you did leave the stage for health reasons is burned into some people's memory very clearly. Right. Yeah. One time I, I did have to leave a concert right in the beginning and I was thinking about the tour where you made it through the whole concert and had to leave the encore. Oh, yeah. you had to leave at the end. Yeah. Maybe we'll tell both of those stories at some point, but. <laughs> yeah, we, we can do a podcast on good emergency stage exit. Story. Actually, yeah. Yeah. They leave wow. out some names, but yeah. <laughs> There's some good ones. Of those. Yeah. Okay. Are. So yeah, bring a pencil. Wow. This kind of, we already kind of said this. I said, uh, Mark Boeing's major beat pattern changes dynamics as indicated by concertmaster and conductor. Um, I will give you a ding for that. Okay. What, what was your... Did you uh, more concise mine was a little more vague. Okay. So I, I like yours. Um, the, the way I put it was do cover for your stand partner. Okay. So yeah, generally the tradition is that the inside player marks changes, right? And passes back messages. But I mean that that's that's how I kind of learned it, and it seemed in Chicago that that that's how it worked. Okay. And also, yeah, what does the outside player do? Because the inside player is turning pages and marking stuff. And... I mean, to me, it's like whoever can see better. I feel like the outside player can see better what the concert master is marked. So it, I yeah here I, I feel like that's not necessarily. A... Yeah, I don't think it's exactly a a set thing here. But um, in any case, this covers it right because cover for your stand partner means that yeah, if you're the one that can see better and you know that you got the message, then just pick up the pencil right away and mark it. Um, if your stand partner is marking something and it's the middle of a long series of rests, then you've got to make sure you're counting the rests exactly so that when they finish marking, you can let them know where you are. You know, and as the stand partner or the concertmaster, there's a lot that Martin deals with that I've got to be ready well let's say that he's catching the attention of another string principal mm -hmm. in the middle of a passage. And so when, when they're done doing the, the ESP thing while we're still playing, then when he's done with that, I've got to make sure that he still knows where we are on the page or whatever it might be. So okay. the two of you are a team you're covering. So yeah, marking, turning pages, you, you just don't want to leave any job undone. Yeah. Even if you think it's the other guy's 
responsibility. Okay. Because okay. uh, you're two for two so far. Well, I already, I said take care of basic hygiene. Right, and that was not one of mine. Okay. Yeah, yeah I think that's it's important. Yeah. Oh, definitely. The fact that you keep dry clean your tails, drilling guys. this in makes me nervous. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just. Well, you remember the saying in Chicago: dry, dry clean your tails once a year, whether or not it, they need them. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Whether it needs it or not. Yeah, I feel like that was always yelled in the locker room. <laughs> uh, yeah, don't do that. Do it, do it more often than once a year because it's, you know, we're all sitting around close to each other. Um, uh, I can't can't believe this is, had not come up yet. Um, if you took your part ho- home, make sure you get it on stage at least, I would say, 20 minutes in advance of the rehearsal. Right. Yeah, that, that's a big one. Yeah, and that's another that's another Paul Phillips. Right. You know, yeah, I mean, he, because this, there were times when he was really unhappy with a stand partner for for not obeying this rule, and so it, it really got kind of drummed into us to to never you know run out there with a part right as rehearsals starting. Yeah, for all sorts of reasons. I mean, if you make the effort to get there half an hour early just so that you can practice on stage, learn your stuff without all the distractions, and then you get there and there's no music. Some people's attitude is, well, you know, okay, so just go take the part from a different stand or use a practice part or whatever. But yeah, for some of the reasons we've talked about, the part that you're going to perform with, you want to be in charge of marking that and you, you want to use the part that you're going to perform with when possible. That might and, be that might be another don't too, actually. Don't just take the part without consulting the person you're sitting with. Because yeah. people do that, they'll just grab the part like, oh, I got here first and they'll... That's true. You know, or like, I don't know who I'm sitting with. I'm just going to take the part. Right. Uh, but you should check your roster, see who you're sitting with. Yeah, um, and kind of know who that person is. I mean, some people never, ever take the part, and other people often do, so. Right. We should yeah. always ask, though, just in case they decided to turn into the person who wants the part that week. That's true. A good okay. point. My last one is count your rests. I guess yeah. that's a playing one. Yeah, I mean, I, I think... I think that might be for cover for your Yeah, stand cover for I your stand partner. Yeah, don't assume that someone else is doing the job. Yeah, there's nothing more annoying than someone who's just staring into space, expecting yeah, yeah. people around them to just sort of, you know, they'll just follow the herd. Um, you don't want to be that person. You want to be, you know, kind of on top of things. You don't want to be the, what we call the section saver <laughs> person who's, you know, going to, you know, be the, the only one who knows what's going on and, and lead everybody confidently in, but... Yeah, that's pretty embarrassing when you're you're counting. You're sure that you're counting so carefully and you're, you're like, the entrance is coming up. It's coming up. Nobody, Nobody else, else has their violin up. I'm the oh only God, one that counted it right. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then <laughs> like, oh, measure early. That's yeah. right. I skipped a line. Oh, a measure early. Yeah. <laughs> Ten <I'm> measures thinking... <laughs> early. Um, yes. You know, obviously keep an eye out for what's happening around you, but don't just stare in outer space and uh, expect to tune back in it exact right moment well that leaves that actually leaves three of mine ah, I see. one of them is really specific and the other two are kind of vague so i i don't know if that was quite kosher am i supposed to try to guess well do you have any more I'd... guesses do you have any anything that suddenly occurs to you no actually don't i think you're just gonna have to okay well my specific one was um play the bottom octave loud so hey it's, it happens so often that you know, the the two stand partners are into VC playing octaves and the bottom octave should always be strong sure. and yeah. support things. Yeah, so. don't don't kinda I think bring yeah, definitely bring it out, out a little bit more if you're it's an octave and you're on the bottom, sure. I can yeah. see that. 
that's like I said, it's more of a playing thing. Sure. But, but I mean, also just etiquette wise, because then it frees if you're on the bottom, then it frees your stand partner to kind of ride that sound and not, it helps them not to press. Sure. Because the top octave is liable to be sort of gnarlier stuff. Mm-hmm. So. Like I, we've had a whole spate of conductors recently who are like, oh, violins, it's don't don't sound so bright. You know, it's, it's too bright. And I, I know what they're after. And they could just say, you know, it's a balance thing. <laughs> it's not pressing on the top octave. And it's just a it's a rather vague saying. I guess that ties in a little to another one, um, another do, which okay. is uh, play chamber music with your stand partner. Okay. So, because we can all sure. tell when we're really making music with the person we're sitting with, and we can all tell when we're fighting the person we're sitting with. You know, and then, and then I guess there's a lot in between there too, and it's just there's no interest in, you know, we're all just cogs in a machine or something. But it's really fun. Or worse, like a competitive thing. Like you're, you're like, yeah, that's that's worse. Like, but ah, I'm great. gonna play this one faster. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get there first. And no one would say that, of course. But the way they play, the way they act, definitely belies that attitude. Yeah. No, but it, but it's so fun, right? When you're sitting with someone and you're, you can tell that you're you're really working together, and the sound and that's is a there. Tough one, you know. I mean, that really, you know, it's if you find the right person. It's it's really great. You just you you know it can be so fun. Yeah, you can really. And then you would think, oh well, but if the two of you are just playing your thing together, then maybe it's not with everyone else. But generally, you'll I find that if you're really in tune with the person right next to you, that awareness ripples out and it affects the stands around you. Yeah, and I make that mistake a lot. You know, if, it's almost like so we had that really narrow driveway in Chicago, mm-hmm. um, and a few people who came to visit us kind of got nervous in that passageway and, and took off their right side view mirror. Yeah. And I almost feel like we have an orchestra. It's like you you only know, you have to focus on what your information is that you know. So in the case of that driveway, you know exactly where your left side view mirror was, right? You could get as close as possible on that side. Okay. You really don't know enough about that right side view mirror. So <laughs> trying to guess where it is in relation to that wall, not going to work. But so orchestras, to me, it's a similar thing. Like you, you know what your stand partner is doing. They're right next to you. You don't, you can't know what's going on around you really, you know, and, and a lot of times I, I get a little bit swamped. I'm trying to play with my section. It's, it gets very sort of scary and frustrating sometimes when you do that because you can't actually tell and, and you, you can get sort of like lost in a sea of sound. Yeah. So it's, if, if you can kind of link arms with your stand partner so to speak you know and sound wise and um i think that that really that's that, that'll create a lot of unity you're right that's great that's so uh, i think that the car thing was maybe a little far-fetched but no not at all yeah i, I mean focus on what you you, you the know first you thousand hear. times i pulled into that driveway i'm yeah doing exactly what you're talking about getting that left mirror an inch from the brick wall and then gritting my teeth and half expecting the right side of the car to shear off <laughs> Although there was another, uh, and then you get dealer. overconfident, then you know you start. Yeah, you're like Mario Andretti through the <laughs> tight passageway there, <laughs> watching the sparks fly. Yeah, I think generally that's that's good advice to not at least not forget that your stand partner is is in this with you and. Yeah, I mean, partner is a good word. It has good connotations that we sometimes forget. Yeah. 
Or if you know they're like always ahead, maybe just always be a little behind them. <laughs> uh, we should, that, that's a different around. episode. This is like, yeah, triage strategies for... If you know they're a sharp play flatter, no. <laughs> just make sure the average average sound right, going out to the exactly. audience is acceptable. Um, well, my last one, yeah, this is one of my favorites, but it's also kind of vague, is stay aware of the moment. So that's mostly for rehearsal. Okay. But it just means that because between two stand partners, you can have a lot of fun and you can really, you can make it a great week or a lousy week, no matter who's up there, no matter what you're playing. Like I said, and then like you acknowledge too, when you are playing with that right person, the right week, it's a lot of fun making music together, but you do have to stay aware of what's going on in rehearsal. And I've sometimes sat with people who are completely unaware that a conductor is getting really pissed off really fast. And yeah. I can see that eagle eye sort of swiveling, seeking out the next offender. Yet my stand partner is still putting in fingered octaves and, you know, up staccato. <laughs> and I'm, I'm thinking now's not the time. Now's not the time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, I just thought of it. Another don't is in that vein okay yeah um don't keep playing after the conductor's done conducting yeah you know and again i don't know if that's that belongs in a different episode but i almost cannot think of anything more annoying than someone who is happily purposely it's not like they didn't notice that the conductor was done they just uh they saw and they figured you know when it'd be really fun to just i want to hear myself so let me keep playing a few more notes well, yeah. No, I mean, this this falls under stay aware of the moment, right? Because we were both at a rehearsal in our last days in Chicago where uh, Ricardo Muti was on the podium and someone picked the wrong moment to play an extra couple oh, of beats right. after he stopped yeah. conducting. And that was the end yeah. of the rehearsal. He put down the baton. Well, hey, it's a good way to get out Stared at the person and walked off. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. then that's, that's yeah. Then that didn't happen again. <laughs> It's something that happens just all the time, and it's a re- it's a time waster. It's annoying to people around you, as I'm saying now, and uh, and it, and it gives it gives the conductor the impression that the orchestra is kind of a juvenile bunch. So, right, and maybe in a less extreme way, just as far as let's say choosing the moments to ask questions. So you know the conductors really just imparted at least what he or she thinks is a really profound bit of wisdom about the sound or maybe it's a bit of history on the composer or the piece or something and then you know you don't want to choose that moment to be like hey can you ask about are we on or off the string there yeah so yeah that's 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 not staying aware of the moment yeah so it just it's a commitment you know you to, ain't staying in the moment. to be part of the process to know and and then that will carry over because when an entire section or, you know, better yet, an entire orchestra can, can do that, that builds trust. You know, the conductor trusts the orchestra more and then the performances are actually a lot freer. And what I've noticed then is that you have more license to play, you know, as the great individual that you are. Yeah, it's like a, it's a paradox, right? Yeah, yeah. You, you stay in the moment, stay committed to the group, and then in the performance, you're given more individual freedom, which ultimately, I mean, when people talk about 
great orchestras, you know, they're always mentioning how it seems like a, a group of accomplished soloists. Yeah, wouldn't it be nice if we felt that we all had similar goals on stage? Yeah, well, and so much of that comes from the podium, or at least it can in, in those great weeks. But it all builds from the, the little nuclei out, right? The individuals, yeah. the yeah, individual they're... stands. And those poor woodwind and brass players will never know how it is to have, have the stand partners. And Oh, how I pity them. <laughs> well, it's nice. I mean, it's like they we just played West Side Story and like they sing in the song about the jets, you know, like when you're a jet, you travel in twos and fours and... I guess just twos for, a, well, no, all the way up to 16s in the section, right? Yeah. So you're never alone. I don't I like West Side Story. <laughs> okay, thank you. You're the, the West Side Story expert, but I, I, I will uh, kind of in closing mention that uh, we used to look at the roster sometimes and see if we're sitting alone and see who are you sitting with? My favorite stand partner. <laughs> That's true. That never gets old. Yeah, it never gets old. <laughs> I miss, I miss that. I miss my favorite stand partner. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I couldn't end that any better. So stay tuned for next week. We're going to bring on a special guest. And as always, go to standpartnersforlife.com in order to subscribe and to get the show notes where there are any links to any extra info we've given you. And uh, we look forward to seeing you back here next time for the next episode.